Last time on Hell or High Water. That Jarl Gundis has been having problems with a band of mercenaries raiding her village since her father, the previous Jarl, died. And he is sending you to serve her for a season. As you go down this road of sorts, the four of you come upon a strange sight. You see up ahead of you, just off the road, a wolf that's caught itself in a trap. Wolf distracted with food. I got a bad feeling about this. You know that this time of year, uh, the villages are starting to celebrate the Volsiblot. I would like to reach into the saddlebags um, on Gregory and pull out four party hats and hand them out, please. So, uh, Arne would like to know, are there typically sacrifices made during this festival? You're asking me if I want to party? My, my name is Gundis. Did you say... I am, I am very sorry for how I acted uh, earlier. It was very shameful. Please, I promise I'm usually like that, but I, I can co- oh, calm no. down and control myself if I need to. Fine. You reach this group of people and kind of barge your way through and burn off. There's grandma foot up on a bench and just slugging down the ale. And there's already two people laying on the floor underneath the table. Hello! I'm winning! Welcome to Hell or High Water. I'm Luke, your game master for this 5th edition Viking encampment adventure. And with me today are our raiders. Hello, I am Ulf. Hello, I am Arn. I am Veruna. I am Grandma. You're all awoken with with distant shouting. Seems to be coming from where the shore would be. And you, you hear a voice calling out, Sails! Sails! And that message rings up through the people that have already woken up very early, still being responsible and and doing their morning shores. And the villagers seem a little worried as you're sitting up in kind of a daze and you're looking around and and the people around you seem to be uh, upset. And as the four of you kind of step out into the light from under these, these temporary canopies that were put up around the town square, the light hits you. It's, it's about mid morning and you're almost blinded by it. But as you look out over the shore, you see down a ways, there's a very nice Sneka, which is like a mid-sized ship um, that's landed on the beach below Skogrund. And there are nine armored and armed, very well, warriors who are just cresting the hill coming into the village. Uh, you, you could attempt to don your armor. It does take some time if you'd like. Um, otherwise, uh, you will go armorless. You do have enough time to grab weapons and shields if you have them. Grab my weapons and my shield, and I say, all right, hey, we should check that out. I don't like that. Arna would like to string his bow. Arna would rather get his armor on if you all think this is going to come to a fight. So... Um, you're, you're grabbing your weapons. Uh, Varuna, what weapon are you grabbing? 
grab my war axe. And your shield? Yeah. Grandma, are you, are you picking up anything? Picking up my double axes. Okay, you've got your two axes. Uh, Ulf? Uh, definitely my uh, war axe, and I will also take my throwing spear. Nice, nice. So, um, as you're all grabbing your weapons and everything, uh, you look over, um, not 20 feet away, the front of the longhouse stands open, and, and Gundis rushes out, still you know, strapping on her brooches to keep her, her dress on, and, and she looks over and sees you grabbing the weapons, and she, she waves you off, and her face looks, looks surprised and worried at the same time. It uh, seems like she wasn't prepared for this. And, and Gundis like also looks up at the crest of the hill where these nine warriors are and her eyes are almost pleading you not to start crap. Um, and as these nine warriors are entering the village, they've got all kinds of swagger. Like they're coming in, like they own the place and in front of them, there is a, um, a, a tall, handsome man in around his mid-30s, it seems. And he's got long red hair and one piercing blue eye. The other ones have been wounded and is a, is a milky white blind. And he's tall and he's, he's statuesque. He's, he's your typical gunlander. And he's looking around at, at the villagers and he's got this grin on him. like almost as if it were wolfish. And as he's getting closer to you and entering the middle of the town square with his warriors, um, you can see that his canine teeth are covered in gold, which glint off the morning light. He's wearing a, a, a fine suit of chainmail that's actually seen some battle. And he's carrying a shield which has painted on it a golden tooth. And at his side, you see a high-quality sword, it seems. You can only make out the hilt, but the actual pommel of it is inlaid with silver. And it appears that this person knows what he's doing. He's been through, seems like, mercenary life. And he's looking around at everyone, just grinning. And he's... He is almost patronizing about it. I just kind of say <laughs> under my breath, but to the group, I don't like this guy. Yeah. No Emma says it's not our show. Um, so, Wolf, I have a question for you. I may have you an have answer. You have your axe and you yeah. have your throwing spear. Do you also have on you your um, sacks? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, yeah. So um, he's scanning the, the crowd and he, he actually stops and looks at you guys. And he's kind of sizing you up, almost appraising you. And he turns to Gundas and he takes a couple strides forward. and from the longhouse, stumbles out the older gentleman, still visibly drunk from the night before, and a very disapproving 
older woman that you saw with him. Gunnar looks at Gundis and he says, With the tithe being light, I'm sure a gift of a fine weapon. That way, I won't have to unleash Rogan and the boys over. They've been spoiling for a fight, and I'm half-tempted to let them wreck this place and sell you all to thraldom for this insult. But, <laughs> I am a kind man, a generous man, a breaker of rings and giver of gifts. Am I not? And he turns and he looks at the crowd who's watching this display. And as he turns to the eight warriors behind him, they all nod very approvingly. And a couple of them like clap, like, yeah, this is a great speech. He's on his game today kind of thing. And as this man turns back to Gundus, says, there, you'll see. No. With that, he turns to look at Ulf. Hand over that weapon and we'll be on our way. As he points to your high-quality sax. <laughs> uh, no. Arn steps away from Ulf a little bit. Faerun steps closer. He genuinely looks surprised that you denied him. And the eight warriors behind him, they've all been very jovial up until this point, and that you said no, their demeanor instantly changes. They seem like they're not going to take any crap, and they will not tolerate backtalk. And they step forward. They know they are the superior force in this altercation. And he says, No. <laughs> no. You must not know who I am. And Gundis kind of stumbles forward a little bit. I'm, I'm, she starts trying to apologize. And he turns really quickly to her. You have not been spoken to. Now, to say that Skogrund is a poor village is an understatement, but they still owe a tithe. And for this season, it is light. I think that fine knife at your side would make up for this insult. This trivial thing is nothing to you, but could be everything for them. Now, are you willing to trade that knife for the rest of the village? Wolf looks at Gundis, just kind of like, what do you need me to do? Like, I, do, I don't want to give this up, but I also don't want to bring ruin to your, you know, village as much as your eyes can convey. Right. So, so Gundis... You have very you know, expressive eyes. I do. I, I blink in Morse code. <laughs> wow, so, I knew it. Gundis is looking on, and, and as you look over to her for some kind of insight... Her bottom lip is trembling, and she's she's holding back tears. This may actually be exactly what you were sent here to help her with, but she didn't want to go into the details last night because there's a lot here, and there's more than what really seems to be on the surface. <laughs> Through gritted teeth. Bruno, what do I do? Well, if 
I knew that we would walk out of here alive. I would say punch him right in the face and spit in his mouth. But I think he will probably kill us. Oh, that's what I want to do. I know I'm whispering. (laughs) Who are you, little one? Oh, no. As he says that, I I just I hand him the weapon. I just I hand it over. And I you you don't. It, this is yours. Your time here is you. 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 You have what you want. Hmm. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure everyone else does too. Now, what about that insult? As he looks to Varuna, she uh, about it. She doesn't know what she is saying. That is obvious. Please forgive her. She was. Uh, kicked in the head as a child from her horse, and now the horse follows her along. So you can only imagine what uh, that life might be. Craig standing behind me, and he is also like just glaring at this guy. So as as Ulf is explaining the plight of Varuna and and her seeming intelligence, uh, this man like actually brightens up. Like this is hilarious to him. Like oh. Oh, I see. So she is... What What to you? This This is your servant? This is... Oh, I am so sorry. That accidents hey, no, no, do no, happen, nobody. I understand. No, no, no. Nobody just, here is I put my hand out to Varuna, please. Stop. <laughs> I try to bite your hand. I miss. Yeah, as you can see, she, uh, you know... Laughs, and he's, me. he's turning to his men, and they all laugh with him. Uh, and he... He just waves, and all of them turn and, and start to walk back down the hill towards their ship. All the power of Odin, I am going to find Verona. a way to kick you Verona. in the butt! With that, the tall, red-haired man turns back to them, and he's got a very severe, serious face on. Why? And he's pointing at Gundis and looking like almost through her. And he says, Next time we come and the tithe is light, we take it out on you and the village. You don't want that, I don't think. And he turns and walks down the hill. And with that, Gundis kind of jogs over to you. And now with this man gone, She's got visible streams of tears running down her face, and and she's she's like, I'm so I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I uh, this is this is why the fact that you came is is such a such a godsend. It, maybe you can help us. Please, please join me in in the longhouse. I I will explain everything. And she turns and runs back in, and her two bodyguards follow her. I guess I follow her too. Yeah, follows her. Grandma, I have a hangover. Do you follow them in? Arn assists Grandma, who is dealing with a hangover, and brings <laughs> them inside as well. That's gonna earn you a Cub Scout badge. <laughs> He's hoping it doesn't earn him a Cub Scout knife in the leg. Probably <laughs> well. So as you enter the longhouse, there's in the center. A long, deep hearth set into the middle of a dirt-packed floor. 
and it's covered by dry rush and, and weeds, you know, typical floor of the time. There's two long tables that flank this hearth on either side. And there's at the very far end a platform where there's a single large oak throne. And there's a really old, almost battered bear pelt, black bear pelt, laying across it. And just beyond that, there's two doorways on either side of the wall from the throne. And between them hangs a shield bearing a stag on one side and a hunting horn on the other. You're, you pass the hearth and the sound of the crackling coals is still there from the night previous. And just to the side, in the, the kind of kitchen area, there's people talking and, and kind of mingling about. Uh, you hear the shifting of mail as Gundis's house carls um, kind of shift and, and move, and, and they're standing on either side of her. And um, you kind of feel a sense that this was once a great hall, and Gundis inherited it, and it's kind of gone downhill. There's fear, a, a sense of mistrust, but because you're here, there's also a glimmer of hope. And off in the corner sits a dark cat. But it's odd because most long halls that you, you've gone into, there's usually hounds of some sort, but not in this one. And Gundis takes a seat and gestures to the tables um, next to the hearth nearest to her. I'll sit down. Ulf attempts to pet the cat. The cat's very friendly. Oh, good kitty. (laughs) If you want to make sure you never miss an episode of Hell or High Water, make sure you follow us on all our social media handles. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube under Viking Encampment and Twitter and TikTok under Viking Encampment MM. You can also follow the podcast at H-O-H-W-Cast on Twitter. That's H-O-H-W-C-A-S-T. We are also excited to announce that we have a Patreon account. Yay! You can find us under Viking Encampment, and there you can find several different tiers, including a $5 tier where you will get early access to your favorite podcast episodes. Make sure to check us out. We would greatly appreciate your support. Your generous donations help us produce more and more content to keep you entertained during these quarantine months and beyond. We greatly appreciate anything you can do to help us out. Thanks, bye. Arn, Grandma? Down, or I'm sitting down. Arn is going to stand behind the rest of them. Okay. So Grandma takes a very heavy seat into a, a bench next to the, the table at the hearth and, and just with a, a thud, like very heavy, just she's tired still. She wants to be sleeping. It's too early for this. 
And Arn is is kind of standing just off behind her a little bit as Varuna sits next to her, very cheery for whatever reason. But that seems to be Varuna's typical outlook. And Grandma seems a little displeased with it this early after a night like that. And Ulf takes a small detour to, to pet the cat a few times before also approaching the bench and sitting down. And Gundis is sitting there and and it's almost like she's melting into the chair just for such a young woman it it seems like she's got so much responsibility and and pain and stress that that her body is just deteriorating with the mental and emotional exhaustion and she sighs and takes a moment to to collect her thoughts and looks up and they they began coming here and taking tribute about six months ago. We have not the defenses nor the warriors to repel them. And after we accepted our fate the first time, they've just kept coming again and again and again. They've, they've yet to do anything terrible. They, they killed a man once. They, they, they killed a man once. The first time they arrived, but beyond that, they've they've not taken anyone nor nor been cruel so long as we paid and we pay what we can every time they come. I I I don't know what to do, but I'm I'm glad you're here. I, I understand if, if this is too much and, and you want you want to run back to where you came from. No, of course not. We were sent here to help you. We're gonna get look. I now have a personal vendetta against this guy, too, and that's just going to drive me to help you even more. Don't you worry. We got this. She's my best yeah. friend. She's Trust her. She, she will not drop this. Trust my best friend. He knows that I am Trust good. Trust my best friend. She has your back. Uh, Jarl, are you okay? It's, it's hard to say anymore. I'm so tired. There's there's just so much and so much to do yet there's so little so little to do with. Ah, uh, Arn. I And what what do you think of this? Are you with your your friends here? I am with them, but I can't use I would tell you to use caution around spooky lady. Uh, she yeah. provokes more fights than she prevents. <laughs> she like, I'm sorry about that, by the way. There, there's a glimmer of a smile on the corner of her mouth. And she says, yes, I, I did notice that. Please, if, if you're caught with Gunnar and his men, uh, I, I hate to think what, what they would do. I'm, I'm sure that they can... And will kill you if you tried to fight them as you are now. I'm, I'm just, I'm so concerned for my village and, and its future. I just wish there was something more we could do. G- grand, grandma, if, if that's, I may call you that. Of course. What, what say you? I would like to know more about Gunnar and his men. Do you know where they come from? Uh, they 
So it's hard to say. They always come by ship. And it's quite apparent that he is a Gunlander. So they may be coming from there, but I'm not sure. It's always by ship, and they always leave by ship. And they never say who they bring the tithe to. I'm sorry, Grandma. Was there something? North or the south? It seems they travel north, which, if they are Gunlanders, that's odd. Because Gunland's to the south of us. Is it normally the same amount of men? Normally, um, at least those that accompany Gunnar, there's always the, the nine of them. Uh, it's always the same people, too, the same men that come. Uh, it's hard to say, though, how many on the ship. Still, how many they leave behind, but I'm sure, looking at their equipment at least, that the, there's more than what meets the eye, and they may have more men elsewhere. But they always travel on the ship? Yes. Yeah, that, that is the way they come, and that is the way they go. Uh, never by foot. Weather mm. in these parts get bad enough during the winter that you don't expect them again till spring? The winters are very harsh, but the, the sea does not freeze enough for them to be prevented from coming. So I, as I said, it's not only the freezing, not the freezing, the, the waves, the, the weather, the storms. Does that prevent ships coming into your village during the winter months? Should there be a storm? Yes, of course. Um, there, there's enough, I would say, rock outcroppings out further away from shore, but with a good mist, they would be very easy to miss. Uh, Yarl lady. Yes. What is the tithe that you pay them? Uh, It's essentially whatever we're able to farm, fish, uh, whatever meager scraps that we have, they leave us with very little. Mm. Are you able to make lutefisk? I... Yes. Why, it is, it is a staple. We are, of course, a coastal village. Fishing and, and preserving the fish are very common for that. No reason. Carry on. By chance, would you maybe have a ship that we might use to go find him? That I don't know where they're coming from. It's difficult for me to say. Uh, all we really have at our disposal is... Uh, fishing boats, nothing quite that would be any kind of warship or even uh, a ship to journey with. Just small fishing boats. So, are they coming up on a river or on a sea now? What the, what the hell about is going on? It's, it is the, the sea that they're, they're traveling on. The, the coast here, uh, we're, we're plentiful of fish. Uh, we have some small farms. But uh, Skogrun is, as I said, and as you've seen, a, a very small village. I see. Well, you have, have a couple poisons? of options. Do you ask if we have poison? If we poison all the stores we give them, there's a good chance they won't come back. Really good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Do you have any poison, Jarl Gundis? That is not something we make here. That is a problem. And I, I'm afraid that no one here in the village would do so. Uh, we are a, a common folk, but we are honorable. Mm. Not give your oath to this man. He's just coming and taking what is yours. Thing. 
He's dishonorable. So the honorable thing would be to take him down and get my best friend his knife back. As much as I want my knife back, I do understand what the Jarl is saying. I don't think that poisoning them is the way of her people, and we should not force that upon them. Yeah, spooky lady. But, best friend, I respect what you said. Thank you, best friend. <laughs> we, we have not the strength to resist them as we are. I, I have but two warriors, and she motions to the older gentleman, the older lady standing next to her. And the fear that we could raise would not hold them back. We're, like I said, but common farmers, and, and the feared would, would not be of any use, as at least in my domain here. Though with bright warriors like you, perhaps we have some kind of chance. We are very bright. Yes, I, I see that, dear Veruna. Thank you. Now, there, there, may, be, there may be some that, that could help. Uh, there is Jarl Thorgerson to the south. Uh, he was an ally of my father and fought with him in the Battle of the Westerwood. Perhaps he could be convinced to send some aid. Or maybe Jarl Magnuson to the north could also perhaps be convinced. Also being visited by these men. Perhaps they are. I, I don't know for sure. And with the, the mention of Jarl Magnuson, uh, the, the older gentleman steps forward. And says, Jarl, I don't believe Magnuson is a good choice of ally. I don't trust him. He was late to the battle and cost us dearly. Jarl Hakon died in that battle, as did most of our strength. Your own father. And he showed up late. I blame him for your father's death. Magnuson is a snake. I'm sure of it. And Gundis looks up to him and, and nods. Uh, as if this is a conversation she's had over and over and over again since her father's death with uh, her host Carl here. So, friends, do you have any ideas? I think we need to go to these other Jarls and ask them for help, because as fueled by rage as we are, I don't think that we could fight all of them by ourselves. Before we ask them for their favor, perhaps we can ask them have any additional information? Well, of course. I'm, you're, I understand you've come to serve me, but it seems that you're worthy for me to serve you. Your, your efforts will not go in vain, and, and should we save Skogrun, uh, you'll be well rewarded as much as I can. Uh, yes, so what, whatever, whatever decision you come upon, I approve so long as it helps my people. Our decision is to raise an army to avenge your people. And then we can have parties without any interruptions. Who is the closer Jarl? Uh, Jarl... Hmm. They are both quite a distance away. I would say that Jarl Thorgerson may be closer. He's a bit older. Like I said, he, he fought with my father. And Jarl Magnuson 
uh, has been an ally quite some time. Either would be a decent choice, I suppose. Days um, until we can expect the next tithe payment. Well, they've, they've been coming what appears to be every moon. So we have uh, roughly a month before they show again. Uh, I will, during this time, of course, try to gather whatever tithe we can. But I, I fear it won't be enough. Uh, we've, uh, ever since they started, we've just been dwindling in resources. And my people have been suffering. Travel to both of the Jarls and back inside of a moon? Oh, yes. Yes, we could make it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thorgerson is probably, I would say, three or four days travel. Uh, and then Magnuson is about the same, but to the north. The trouble with Thorgerson, though, is you have to go through the forest. Um, there's no road there unless you want to go all the way. Uh, back to where you come, and uh, before you turn, you take the fork south. I guess we should go to Jarl, I don't know, Torgerson first? Torgerson? Is that the one where we have to go through the forest, though? Wait, is it? I may have gotten the mix-up. Yes, it is? Okay, let's not go through the forest first. Yeah, I think we go (laughs) to the other Jarl. If we can, if we can get men from that Jarl, uh, warriors, uh, and bring them back, uh, at least to protect the village for the time being, um, I would feel better. Good idea. When you were giving us directions to the south, is it about the same amount of time if we go through the forest where there is no road, or if we go around the forest where there is a road? Is, it is it, it would be faster going through the forest. I, I recall the times that my father and I went to visit them during bloats, and we'd always go through the forest. The animal trails, the game trails, everything, they're, they're plentiful. Uh, this time of year, there's not a lot of, uh, how you say, overgrowth, undergrowth, whatever growth there is. There's not a lot of it this time of year. So it would be easy travel, but it would go through the forest without any kind of man-made road. Aren't votes for the forest. He doesn't trust the north where the boats are disappearing to. I think that we should go to the forest because I think that this village wouldn't have enough resources to give us some for our journey and we can easily find animals on the way. Those are both good arguments. I'm voting for the south. I'm, I'm happy to supply you with what you need for that journey. What say you, not Ulf Ulf? Yeah, we, we go south. Do you have a token that we could bring the Jarl to say that we are from you? Ah, ah, Thorgir said we'll know. Um, he, like I said, he's, he was a close friend to my father, and he was almost like an uncle with me growing up. Just let him know that you come from me, and, and he'll be happy to, to oblige you whatever way he can, I'm sure. Jarl lady, you don't have a token we can bring to prove to, this to him? I, 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 she kind of looks around for something nearby. And, oh, oh, of course. And she, she pulls an armoring off of one of her wrists and, and hands it over to the woman who's Carl standing next to her. And she walks it down and, and just kind of tosses it on the table in front of you and, and walks back up. Put it in Gregory's saddlebag. We'll keep this safe. Don't you worry, Jarl. No one else see the horse followed inside the thing. Why is Arn the only one? 
Gregory, it's okay. Yeah, Gregory would not have been let into the longhouse. Well, I will put this into his saddlebag when we get outside then. Don't you worry. It'll be safe in there. Gregory is very protective. Well, good. Well, uh, we still have daylight. You're you're welcome to to stay here in the longhouse uh, if you'd like, but it seems time's, time is of the essence. If you need anything as far as rations or or equipment, we'll we'll see what we can can scrounge up. There isn't much, but what we have for you to help us is yours. If we can have one to two days rations, we can handle the rest on our own. Arn is looking at tattoo grandma. Like, why would you say that? I don't have much. And so Gun- Gundis looks over to to her female house Carl and and she nods and. And walks off outside the the longhouse, presumably to figure out something to do with about your rations. I guess in the meantime, we should get ourselves ready to go. I think if we leave, like today, it'll be better because, like the Jarl said, time is of the essence. We need to make sure we are ready for when these hooligans return. Some sort of that uh, Ulf can have. That was taken from them. Yeah, Wolf, maybe you should go hang out with the Jarl, make sure she's okay. I think she's okay. I don't want to bother her. Did you see that brown chicken and brown cow again? Wow, there it <laughs> went. So weird. So when uh, Grandma makes a suggestion, uh, Gundis hears this and, and looks over to her current only, who's Carl next to her, and she eyes down at his knife. And and she kind of shrugs, like, you know, it, you're not gonna miss it. And he he sighs and kind of grumpily walks over and places on the table in front of Ulf. And he oh, says, I I couldn't. It's okay. No, you take it. The Jarl wants you to have it, but I want this back when everything is done. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, th- thank you. He nods, and, and it, he can tell he's he's a, he seems to be a seasoned warrior, though, in his eye, and kind of has fallen into the bottom of a bottle. But he's got that that aura of an old warrior, and he nods, and he looks you in the eyes, says, "Good, I look forward to what you do for the village." And he turns and he goes back to join Gundis. I take the knife and I just kind of look at. Gundis and like nod in thanks. And she bows her head slightly. Faruna is watching this with a big old smirk, just like looking back and forth between the two of them like a tennis match. She's so giddy right now. <laughs> Arn slaps Veruna on the back of the head and goes, Stop it. Fine. I'm gonna go see if Gregory is okay. I'm gonna leave. Bye guys. I'm walking out. Adios. So Veruna takes the initiative and stands up from her seat, almost knocking the bench over and Grandma and Ulf with it. Um, I'm not that strong. I've <laughs> only got a nine in strength. That's why it was almost. <laughs> oh. and, and she kind of does her, her quick little jaunt out of the longhouse to go check on her beloved Gregory. Grandma gets up to go with her. Okay, I was like, everyone else is just going to sit there awkwardly with Gundis and, and hang out, or? Well, Ulf certainly is. I'm trying to get Ulf to flirt with 
I just want to go pet the cat again. Uh, say goodbye to the cat. It was cute. So Wolf gets up and and has a like a moment where they look at Gundus and Gundus looks at them and they have this like friendly nod and Wolf turns to go pet the cat before leaving also the longhouse. As Arn is leaving the longhouse with Wolf, he looks at Wolf and goes, well, what about last night? What about last night? Did I win the bet or did you win the bet? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I I pay up. You won. So, so, Wolf, like, digs around and and pulls out a few coins from their, uh, their money pouch and Hands him over to to Arn, who's got this just crap eating grin on his face before leaving the longhouse back into the morning light. I, I think as as Arn leaves the longhouse, uh Ulf kind of turns around and just says, Uh Jarl Gundis, are, are you going to be okay? She sighs. <sighs> you know, Ulf, you ask me that a lot. And I fear the question is, are you? going to be okay. I mean, that is the question. And Ulf walks out. Roll for smoothness. <laughs> oh, no it's one. definitely definitely <laughs> not one. Ulf has none. One. Ulf oh no! The, Ulf runs into the door before he's able to scramble <laughs> out. <laughs> so, Grandma. Yes? Are you joining your friends? I already left. I left with Veruna. Oh, did. did you? I'm sorry. I did not hear. Come on, I'll know in Luke. I don't know everything. So, as everyone enters the morning sun from the longhouse, after a very weighty conversation with Jarl Gundis, they have a direction now. Go talk to Jarl Thorgerson in the south. What... Are the Raiders going to find out? We'll just leave that up till next time on Hell or High Water.